Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror one movie at a time. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined as ever by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. Whoa. And Micah. Boy, do I have a hankering for the spookering. <laughs> so sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2016 American slasher film, Hush. Silence can be killer. Oh, he's deadly. Yeah, like silent but deadly. That's like, <laughs> people silent would make, but deadly. Yeah, deadly. but then people would make the joke. So you just—that's just an alley oop for I someone guess. to make that joke. Well, but yeah, but why not? Got people. It would get people talking about it, that's which I, I have not heard anyone talk about case. this movie. So yeah, hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 278 of this illustrious podcast, and it's volume four of our month of senses, horror movies that deal with the senses. So this one has been on all types of lists, and now I get to erase it finally (laughs) but this bad boy came from 2016 it's a netflix film and it is directed and edited by mike flanagan so that name might not mean that much to a lot of people but my boy mike flanagan he did hush oculus before i wake ouija 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 it's a soldier board and gerald's game 2017 so that's going to happen at some point and dr sleep in 2019 mike flanagan absolutely loves stephen king a lot of his stories have a stephen king kind of feel to them and a couple of his movies people say that this is a stephen king story if stephen king would have done it and he actually uh and he loves being just brought up to stephen king's level now, if you watch Netflix, he did the anthology series, The Haunting, which consists of The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. So I remember back in the day, Katie and Terrell were watching The Haunting on, of Hill House. And I remember coming into the room and it was some scene. Somebody was like walking in some hallway and then just you just see shit pop out. And I was like, dang, that's kind of scary. One day I will go back and. and I heard they were good. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to watch it with me because I never finished it. Yeah, we'll watch it. <laughs> and so in 2021, he directed, well, created and directed the miniseries Midnight Mass. I've heard so many good things about Midnight Mass. It's a really solid thing. Fun fact, the movie that the main character is writing in this movie is Midnight Mass. <laughs> so that's just a little thing. But no, uh, he is absolutely amazing what he does, and he's pretty good at thrillers and scary movies and things like that. So for the uninitiated, Hush is a movie about a an author that is deaf and mute, and she is trying to survive through the night against a unknown assailant, a, uh, a home invader trying to murder her. And that's it. Uh, it's really simple and pretty to the point. It, it's fun. So 
Katie, what did you think about Hush? It was very anxiety producing. <laughs> it was good. Um, it played like a horror movie should play, I guess. You're like second guessing the things that the main character is doing and upset at them for a lot of it because you're like, come on, girl, that's not the right thing to do. But it it was good. I liked it a lot. Emma. I'm going to have to agree. I was very uncomfortable. We made it like, what was it, 30 minutes into the movie where shit starts happening or whatever. Yeah. And I told Micah and I was like, I don't want to watch what happens. I just want to know how it ends. <laughs> I'm like, I need this to be over. <laughs> I'm concerned. But no, I felt like Brenda uh, from Scary Movie the whole time. I was like, girl, don't go in there. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you at the window? <laughs> no, I I enjoyed it. It was it was very what did I say it was? Halloween meets something. Halloween. I don't know. I made a comment. I really enjoyed this movie. Um it did not overstay its welcome like a lot of the movies that we've watched. I thought the pacing was really really well done. There was one section of the movie that just kind of was like, "Oh my god. All right. Well, there we go." Which we can talk about later. But I think the idea to make the killer so egotistical. There you yeah. go. Yeah, he had a huge ego, which, you know, he was just kind of toying with her because he just assumed that she was going to roll over and he was just going to notch her off as well. Mother. He was just going to basically make her mental state wither away while he toyed with his food, essentially. Um, and I thought that it it made a a much more interesting movie. So I thought that was a, a, a really good choice because he could have just gone full bore and taken her out as quick as he wanted, but he turned it into a game. And so that led to a bunch of anxiety. I remember now. I, remember now. I said it was Halloween meets the collector. Oh yeah. Fuck. We need a collection movie, but anyway, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this movie. I'm um, yeah. It was good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> long, long day today. Nothing yeah. really good. So this story, this film, reminded me of many a Stephen King story. Go figure. He loves writing like Stephen King, creating things like Stephen King. I have seen, I've read, I've seen stories like this where a killer just picks somebody. And Stephen King enjoys doing this. Sure, some of his stories, like It, there's a reason those kids get picked by the fear clown, you know? But there are many stories where it's just, you were here, and that's why you were getting attacked. And in this movie, she gets attacked because he was in the, in the neighborhood, and that's it. And a, a couple of big things with Stephen King's stories is the villain and the hero, they're both crazy smart. And they are talking to it themselves a lot. That happens a lot in his stories and in writers. So this was... Yeah, I was going to say, and they happen to be writing a book. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of points where this could really have been a Stephen King story. And he's like, hey, I wrote this for you, but uh, say you did it. And he just runs off into the darkness. But I, I liked everybody. And there were only like five people in this movie. And it was fun. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I don't know what else they could have done. It was kind of short. And honestly, it could have been an hour long and still been solid. But it was like 
what hour and 20 minutes something like that yep but you know like like i said uh micah's maybe thinking of the same spot there's some spots where it kind of kind of drags for a second like a second but i enjoyed this this was really fun i will say this definitely played out like one of those made for book ideas yes because they allude to something like towards the end when she's basically kind of logically thinking through every possible scenario that she could come up with and it's like i really wish we could have had that going almost for everything that she did because she can't talk so i mean it helps with the anxiety part but it's like damn i really wish they would turn this into a book just so we can see like how her brain is working the entirety of the event (laughs) yeah that was a really cool moment yeah like you said i would have liked it if she was doing that almost the whole time just in gerald's game that's the whole situation you know as as read the book i haven't seen the the new movie but it's it's just one person in a room handcuffed to a bed and a dead body and so it's a lot of just talking to herself and that's like it's a good story she's she's acting her ass off in that movie and in this one it'd have been cool if she did a little more talking like it was just another her in the room just trying to work things out but like I said, this was really fun. And Stephen King actually wrote about this movie in 2016. And he said, how good is Hush? Up there with Halloween and even more Wait Until Dark. So I looked up Wait Until Dark. It's from 1967. And it starred Audrey Hepburn, Alan Arkin. Oh, dang. And, uh, apparently it's a really good movie. So, uh, yeah, he enjoys the shit out of this movie. I love now Stephen King will get online and be like, what's a good movie, y'all? And people will give him stuff. He's like, okay. And he'll come back a day later. He's like, that was pretty good. <laughs> and then the creator's like, thank you, Mr. King. <laughs> uh, he's done that with a couple of films that we've watched. He watched Terrifier. He's like, what's this Terrifier movie everybody keeps talking about? Oh, my God. That was graphic as fuck. There's a second one. And he's all pumped online. <laughs> and he watches. It, he's like, that was even worse. I loved it. I almost really want to imagine that that's what Stephen King does when he's on his own. There's a second one. Oh, Let's he go. Has to. <laughs> he has to. Man. <laughs> but no, this was fun. And like I said, uh, with any other story that feels Stephen Kingy to me, I'm going to have a good time with it because I enjoyed that type of writing. So uh, we'll get through this story pretty quick because it's only two people. <laughs> Uh, and a battle of wills honestly so we open with maddie young so she is a horror author which like i said that's on the nose for a stephen king story um and we see that she is deaf and mute and she has her home set up for a person that can't hear or talk and um she's cooking food for herself and uh not having a good good shot at it because she keeps like seasoning her her sauce and she makes this face she's like that tastes like ass <laughs> and um her next door neighbor comes over because like they seem to be pretty good friends and they're just talking about her new book that she's working on and she has a little bit of uh, i guess a writer's block situation she says she doesn't know how the book's gonna end and so she's trying to work that out and stuff like that so we find out later in the movie but i'll just bring it up now that she got meningitis at age 13 which caused her deaf and mute situation, which is crazy. Um, it's the inflammation of the membranes covering the brain and spinal cord. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, meningitis is hardcore. Meningitis will fuck you up. 
Yep. Yeah. Watch out, guys. Shit. Get your vaccines. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> so we kind of learned that she is living an isolated life in the woods uh, with her fluffy cat, and she's working on her book. Her cat named Bitch. Yep. <laughs> 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 also that that cat had a messed up tail man that cat was looking raggedy it was an outside cat man probably got attacked by something yeah <laughs> so it happens with outside cats you get fucked up so nighttime hits and she's still working on her story and we see the first beginnings of how her mind works because her friend actually asked her do you have a voice in your head because she was talking about how she writes things she's like yeah there's, there's a voice and i can hear it and she's like, is it like your voice at 13? She's like, no, it's my mom's voice. That's what I hear. And she has, I think it was eight different endings to the book. And she was plugging them in and seeing how it would work. And I I am not a writer. Um, the type of creation I make, I guess I do write stuff down, but the type of creation I make is Katie goes a third of the way with something and I just build a world around what she said. But I can't even fathom writers and how they sit down and have to find the perfect word for the perfect sentence in a book it must be ridiculous but some writers probably just type just vomit onto the page and they're like that's good and they walk away but you know some writers are probably very meticulous with how they write and maddie seems like a very meticulous writer so we see as she is cleaning up her dinner that she didn't eat because it got burnt her next door neighbor comes to the the side door the back door her house is she had a lot of doors on that tiny little cabin yeah, yeah. her little like kitchen's the kitchen door front-ish yeah. door it was very oddly shaped but we see that sarah she is getting attacked by somebody and she gets hit with a crossbow bolt and then stabbed at least 50 times not at least 50 times at least 15 uh and a masked killer just absolutely destroys her right at the door right next to maddie and maddie can't hear it obviously uh the killer is confused because it's like how did you ignore all of this and he like kind of knocks on the door and she doesn't turn he's like interesting okay and then oozes off into the darkness to work on his next plan so at this point it's very much a hey look in this corner of the screen what's over there the killer gets into the house easily because uh, there's one door she didn't lock. I actually think she probably didn't lock a lot of them. But the killer gets into the house and is just behind her for a while, taking pictures of her. and With her own phone. Yes, takes her phone and just is like, ooh, this is a nice home. So I think at this point in the movie, as he snuck in, I think he actually unlocked everything, which I would have—I would do if I was a sneaky, creepy, evil person. I would sneak into the house, unlock everything, and then be like, hey, look at me. I'm outside. I'm scary. And then just get back in another way if I was doing that. So, yeah, Maddie realizes that someone is in her fucking house. <laughs> and he's, like, outside, like, ten steps away. And she runs and closes the door and locks it in front of him. And... He goes to her car and stabs out the tires. He's like, well, you ain't getting away, homegirl. And then Maddie writes onto the wall with lipstick, says it. she writes, won't tell, didn't see face, boyfriend coming home. And the killer is like, I don't believe you. He takes off his mask 
and reveals his face. So he's like, so you've seen my face and you can read my lips, right? And she's like, she nods. And it's like, he starts just reading back some of the texts in her phone and how her sister was like, you should live with me because I'm worried about you living alone in the woods. And he's like, no one's coming to get you. So uh, this is what's going to happen. Um, I'm just going to fuck with you until you absolutely lose it. And then I'm going to come in there and I'm going to kill you. And then she's like, oh, no. And this part of the movie, it's very much a I try something, I get attacked. And it's it's good. It's very like anxious fueled movie. I I, I felt it in my chest a little bit because I didn't want her to die. But I was like, oh, man, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at this point, she hides in one of the rooms, I think her bedroom, maybe. And there's knocking at the window. She doesn't hear the knocking, but she sees the shadow. The killer's using Sarah's corpse to knock on the window. He's like, hello. And so Maddie uses her car keys and she hits the alarm on her car. And so the killer's thinking like, oh, shit, she tried to sneak out and get to the car and just ride on the rims. Katie said, I would ride on the rims. I would absolutely do that, too. 100%. And so uh, the killer runs over to the car and Maddie tries to grab Sarah's phone from her dead body and is caught, almost grabbed by the killer. And so she hits him with a hammer. She actually stabs him. And then he's like, ow, no one ever attacks me. I don't like that. Uh, he that gets was a bit, gold. Yeah, he gets a bit grumpy about that. So after, uh, escape attempt after escape attempt. But she tries to climb through the second story window. And she has one of those windows where you have to crank it. It's not an instant pull, push or pull. Uh, those are scary. So she's up on the second story. And she gets shot in the leg by the killer with a crossbow bolt. And it's a pretty nasty hole. And she knocks him off the roof and actually grabs his crossbow. Good for her. And she gets back inside. She's bleeding real good. And so she, you know, pours alcohol on the wound. And and she's pretty upset about it. And she's losing a pretty good amount of blood at this point. And she ties her leg off with the string of a robe. Yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to try to load a crossbow so if you've never done that it's it's you got to have some muscle I'm not saying you, if you're a tiny person you can't do it it's just there's a process to it and it works better if you step your foot onto it while you're standing and pull up uh she was trying to do this in a seated position which i believe is probably way harder but i don't know it's been a long time since I've... I I did like that the killer was watching from the window going, yeah, not as easy as you think, is it? <laughs> It'd been funny if he was like playing it like a dad. He's like, you got to put your foot over over there. There you go. Yeah, you're getting it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> so at this point, Sarah's boyfriend rolls up because Sarah's not at home. And he's instantly goes over next door because... You know, Maddie is deaf and, and mute. So he's like, I want to check in on her. Uh, he heads over and then the killer proceeds to, I don't know, man. It, it didn't work that well, but uh, in D&D rules, he rolled like a three on deception. But uh, he acts like he's a cop and he's like, hey, hey, put your hands up. And he puts a flashlight in like, you know, the, the boyfriend John's face. And he's like, oh, sorry, officer. Hold on, hold on. He's like, I need to see some ID. And he's like, here you go, man. And he starts looking at him, like really looking at, at the killer. And he's like, 
I've never seen a cop with a giant tattoo on his neck like that. Why aren't you dressed in a cop outfit? He's saying all this in his head because, you know, if you say it out loud, it might be an issue. <laughs> uh, cops have tattoos for sure, but the blood was the giveaway. The not cop outfit was the giveaway. So <laughs> John, little by little, is processing that this dude might not be a cop. And so he brings up the fact that Maddie has a spare key behind some pot just over there over there just gotta look a little over there and john picks up big old rock and he's like i'm gonna just crank this rock on this guy's head because i don't trust that he's actually a cop and then unfortunately maddie comes to the door seeing john and hits the door and john's like hey it's you and gets a knife to the neck and i was like damn it (laughs) uh the killer's actually made me really sad yeah yeah the killer's actually happy because he tells Maddie, he tells the he tells John too. He's like, "Yeah, you're pretty big, dude. Uh, I didn't think I could actually take you in a fight." So I'm, I would not have been able to win. I it, am it glad. Definitely made me feel like that guy's got little man syndrome. Hard. Absolutely. Oh, like he, he had got, Napoleon syndrome. Like, for sure. like he got beat up when he was younger. Yeah, that, that, it, that dude. That dude's got some repressed memories. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, at this point, he's telling John because he's bleeding everywhere. He's like, hey, man, the fight's over. Just just lay down, dude. You're good. Uh, John plays like he's dead and then jumps at the killer and puts him in a chokehold. And he is choking the shit out of him. And he tells Maddie to escape because he's like, I'm dying. I'm going to I'm going to die from this. But I'll try to kill this guy if I can. Uh, and I love this point in the movie. So we see Maddie actually leave the house and run into the woods. Her legs fucked up and she's not going that fast, but she's making it kind of far. And then the killer catches up with her with a big old rock and smashes her head in. And I was like, oh, and then my head was like, no, just think about it. That's a dream. She's working it out. And she was. I was like, damn, they killed. There's no one else. (laughs) So we see that Maddie has started to work through her options. And so she's like, I can't run. My legs fucked up and I'm losing a lot of blood. And then another Maddie is like, well, turn the power on. She's like, I shouldn't go outside. He's going to catch me. And what if he cut the wires? I can't fix it if the wires are cut. And she goes through all of these options. And she realizes that the best option for her is to kill the bad guy. She's like, I can't hide because I'm probably going to bleed out and just die. And if I don't hide good enough, they'll find and kill me. So. I gotta, I gotta kill him before he, I die. And I was like, shit, that's, that's a legit ass answer. He's like, I guess I gotta fight. <laughs> so at this point, the killer talking to himself and kind of in Maddie's direction is trying to work out. He's like, should I like, and talking to John's corpse, he's like, should I just go in there and kill her now? Or should I wait a little bit? He's like, yeah, I should fuck with her a little bit more then just go in there and kill her. And he finds Maddie's cat. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to threaten the shit out of her with this cat, you know, make her come outside. And she kind of does come outside and shoots him in the shoulder with the crossbow. And I was like, hey, good for her. She runs into the house, limps into the house and drops the last crossbow bolt. And she reaches back outside to grab it and bring it in. And the killer closes the door on her arm and stomps the shit out of her hand. Actually, just crushes her hand. That was hard to watch. At that point, I was like, this is absolutely a Stephen King story because he does not give a shit about your body if you're the main character. You can win and still just be mutilated. And he's like, hey, but he saved the day. (laughs) So Maddie gets back inside 
and closes and locks the door. And he starts threatening her. He's like, I'm just going to come in there and kill you. And he's like, I could do this anytime. And she writes onto the glass with her blood from her hole in her leg. She writes, do it, coward. And he gets pissed and grabs a tire iron from the car and starts smashing the door. Uh, I didn't realize her glass was like super duper fucking, uh, not crypto, vibranium glass. Uh, <laughs> he is swinging for the fences and it's only just making shatter like ripples in it, but it never breaks. I was like, that's some sweet ass glass. I was like, fuck, I want glass like that. Well, sliding glass doors are made of thick as fuck tempered glass. It's just he he hit it like 12 times and well, it yeah, because they're out in the fucking forest. So that glass is made to withstand like bears, yeah. snowstorms and mm. bears and shit. <laughs> Just see a bear walk up. Ooh, nice house. Punches it open. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, he doesn't get in that way, and we see him leave. And so she gets to her laptop and types up a description of the killer and says, like, he looks like this, got a tattoo on his neck. And she writes a message to her family telling them that she loves them. And then she writes, I died fighting, went down fighting. And I was like, that's a really good thing to put in there and she's a writer so like i said she would add something like that she locks herself in the bathroom with the knife and at this point her vision's starting to get a little blurry and wobbly and this moment in the movie was really cool so you see behind her something falling and i was like oh that's glass there's got to be glass or something's breaking open he got to the roof and broke in there was another window in the room breaks in to the bathroom behind maddie and he's standing there and he he makes a joke saying like i know you can't scream but i feel you holding on holding out on me i think i can make you scream and he does that like you breathe out kind of laugh like (laughs) and she feels the air on her neck and then she proceeds to just do a matrix dodge of the knife and stabs him in his side or his leg some right to his knee. Yeah, some part of his body. And she scuttles off into the kitchen. And then she's like sitting in the kitchen just on her legs and she starts grabbing items. And the killer gets close and he's like, haha, time to die. And she sprays him in the face with like fucking wasp killer spray. <laughs> which, boy, howdy, that has to fucking hurt. He'd be blind as shit. He was kind of, maybe. <laughs> and then she turns on her visual smoke alarm. Boy, howdy, that's probably real as fuck. And it's probably loud as fuck. It is. Yeah, it's loud. So it's just a flashing light like you're at a fucking like rave and it's stupid loud. And so she puts that into his face and he's like, yeah. You have them in hotels. If you've ever been in a hotel where the fire alarm's been pulled, that's what it's flashes bright as shit. Yeah. And is loud as all hell, because they need to wake up every single person. Yeah. So uh, at this point, I guess the rage helped him get his vision back. His eyes are crazy red, but he starts strangling the shit out of her. And she's fighting, but she don't got that much blood in her body. <laughs> and so uh, she is down and you can hear her heartbeat. I guess it's from her point of view. She can like feel it or hear it you know, in her ears. And she is fading, fading. Fading, rising, fading, fading. <laughs> and she grabs a corkscrew from the ground and stabs him, not in his neck necessarily, through his neck. 
she corked him up real good and he starts bleeding and he dies. I was like, hooray. And so she lays there for a little bit and gets her cell phone from his body and calls 911. And she doesn't say anything because she can't. She just leaves it on and they just hear the alarm in the background, which I assume every cop was like, oh, we got to go. <laughs> Starts scooting to her house. So she sits on the porch and she sees the lights of the cops. Actually, she closed her eyes, but I feel she saw it and she pets her cat. So Kitty made it through. I'm proud of the cat. And that's the end of Hush. So, Katie, who was your favorite character in Hush? It wasn't Maddie. It wasn't Maddie. It was hey. it was John. Hey. The <clears throat> John was the boyfriend of Sarah mm-hmm. who yep. came to find where his girlfriend went and just in general like see what the fuck was going on and he immediately realized that something was out of place like her car Maddie's car was still there there was like no one she wasn't answering the door there was nothing happening like he was fucking confused he could tell that the cop was not a cop and immediately was like okay action plan I'm gonna fucking stomp this guy out with this big ass rock while I distract him with the idea of the key being over there um and you know it didn't go in his favor but he choked him out for a long ass time yeah. before yeah, he, did. he finally lost enough blood to lose his grip so john he was excellent emma i do agree with you on john but i wrote down maddie's smart moments <laughs> where she made good choices like whacking the dude in the arm with a hammer yeah and her matrix tossed the knife over upside down and fuck him up through the knee and the wasp thing i was like okay you should have been doing that shit like the whole time or maybe just like stay inside like every time that she fucking left a window i was like bitch (laughs) this this was my brenda moment when i was sitting there with my popcorn and i'm like don't what are you doing but yeah her uh her smart moments yeah micah uh i completely disagree with katie and i'm gonna go with maddie as my favorite character um although the one the the one thing i was disappointed in the first time she opens the cabinet to get the hammer and then she uses the wasp spray at the end i was kind of hoping she had a lighter or something but then it was like her hand was so messed up i don't think there was any way that she could have done both but i was kind of hoping she was gonna light that bitch ass on fire not unless (laughs) she could have started that shit with her mouth yeah, spray it, spray the spray in your mouth, and then light it, and then spit it out. Yeah, but um, other than that, she, like I said, I wish we could have been in her head more for some of this because it definitely felt like she weighed every option the whole movie, and then would try some of them, and it, w- I don't think it would have made for a very good movie if she had been able to succeed on every one of her judgment calls. So kind of, but like when she, like when she got on the roof and got shot in the leg and then as he was climbing up or uh, when he shoots again and she just does that awesome, like fall backwards thing and then oh, waits yeah. for him to climb up and slashes his face. I was like, yes, let's fucking go. But uh, as far as, you know, one v one matchup it was pretty it was a pretty good matchup i'm not gonna lie um but yeah so i mean we all watched the movie it kind of speaks for itself but yeah maddie was my favorite character 
like that. One v one me in the house, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with the cat and mouse relationship of Maddie and the man. He never really got a set name. He's just a dude from the woods that likes killing people with a crossbow. They were both smart as shit, even though they had to work with plans that were really dumb. Maddie did some really dumb things, but she, she's like, it's all I got. And the bad guy, he was out there acting like a cop in normal clothes. I was like, fuck, this is a terrible plan, bud. But that's all he had because <laughs> he had to distract that gigantic man somehow. But they were both pretty smart people towards the end. You know, with any movie, the bad guys kind of got to get a little dumb. And I, you know, if I'm trying to like chase somebody down, I would never like directly walk at somebody be like, you're dead now and just get closer to them because they're probably waiting on me to get close to do something. Just like when she sprayed him in the face with the bug spray, you know, it's just, but like I said, someone's got to get dumb at some point in the movie. So the movie can continue. So, (laughs) but no, they were both pretty, pretty fucking smart. I liked it a lot. So Katie, who was your least favorite character? My least favorite thing about this movie hey. was living alone in the forest. Hey, yep, you're an idiot, Emma. Also, yes, I mean, look at our name. Yep, and then one of my seven words. I just, first of all, hard pass. If you've watched any horror film ever, like half of them are in the woods, and half of them end poorly because you're alone. But like, Second also, all, you're a woman. Like, not that women can't do things that men can't. I'm not saying that at all. 100% women are great. But like, no. It's like <laughs> going on a fucking walk in the dark with your headphones on. Like, what are you doing? Just like make smarter choices. Secondly, if you know that you can't speak and you can't hear, all the more reason to not be by yourself ever. Yep. Like, that's just a hard no so yeah the uh lack of planning on her part for that would have been my least favorite micah my least favorite character was john (laughs) fucking commit to your suspicions holy shit man that guy was getting a fucking written invitation to the this guy was doing some sketchy shit and it would just took him for her ever to commit to it until he finally got a distraction and got a little boop in the in the in the uh jugular and fucking i mean he fought through it like i'll give him credit for that but dude set himself up for failure it was like you could see the hamsters spinning but the hamster couldn't quite figure out how to get the wheel to keep going consistently it kept (laughs) stopping and getting distracted and it's just like, dude, come on, man. Like, you got this. But, I mean, he fought like hell at the end. So, he kind of redeemed himself. But, I mean, there's a small list of characters. So, you got you to gotta choose one of them. And, yeah, J- John's my least favorite. So, to follow up with, with what Micah said, it's not my pick, but I just want to add to it. This is another Stephen Kingism. Just like in Misery, when the super smart cop with his, like, you know, sassy wife, and he's like, I'm gonna find this guy, this author. He finds the author in the basement. Now, instead of he he looks down there, he's like, Hey, Mr. Langdon, I'm gonna save you. Motherfucker. She kidnapped him. Why are you like he he 
got too distracted and he took a shotgun to the back. Like I said, you know, see that? Oh shit, I need to get out of here. He just left himself open to get attacked because he got distracted with something. So, but that happens a lot. You know, a really good person pops into the story and they get jumped because they're a little too good. <laughs> and so, yeah, the second he popped up, I'm like, he's probably going to do some awesome stuff, but he's going to get murdered because he's here. But my least favorite character or thing in this movie, and it's kind of off of what Emma said, it's lack of tools. So if I am deaf and a mute person, I would have motion lights. So if anything came up to my home, I would fucking, you can see when light comes on. Her, like the the door where her friend got stabbed a hundred times, it was dark out there. So I don't even know if she, she would have been able to see because the light from the inside uh, she should have some type of sensors. I would have sensors in probably normal corners of my home. So if somebody's at my door, some light would come on. And I'd be like, oh, someone's at my door. Like, why don't you have a ring camera and an Apple watch that's like buzzing every Thank time you. shit goes off? I was like, she should have a watch on that says like someone's at your door. Absolutely. Because how do you how do you put your cell phone down on the kitchen counter knowing that, first of all, you're not going to hear it or feel it? Thank you. Yeah. And also... You live in the woods. Why don't you have a fucking gun? Yeah. Yep. Who lives in the forest and doesn't own a gun? Or a weapon. Just something. Yeah, she had no weapons in that house at all. And I get, like, oh, you think you're safe. But come on. How safe? Have bear mace, at least. Yeah. So, just lack of tools. Though she did, like, die hard it up and work out, you know, weapons and stuff. It just, it was a lack. And I get it. With horror movies... People can't have a perfect home. That makes it hard, <laughs> you know? But if I was deaf and I was living by myself, me and Bella, I would absolutely have sensors or something on me that'd be like, hey, someone's at your door. And be like, oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, my next door neighbor's getting stabbed. <laughs> oh, no. And I'd call the cops. But, you know, that don't make for a good movie. So she had to absolutely have herself just at a disadvantage at the beginning. So let's do seven word synopsis only have one because i was into this movie and so it is you need some curtains in your house girl <laughs> right i have seen many a home in really nice neighborhoods with no curtains and like you'd be walking on the sidewalk at night and I'm like wow i could look all the way in your house good thing i'm not a fucking murderer i could like just track you especially in her house where she had 75 sliding glass doors what the yep. fuck? I mean, sure, they were bear grade glass, but it still was crazy that she had no type of curtains. In her bedroom, there were some curtains, but they were open. But uh, just a lack of curtains on any of the main doors or windows going outside it was crazy to me. Katie. Why don't you have fucking backup power? <laughs> yeah, be not in the woods. You should have a generator. For sure. Uh. And... As someone who relies on technology to hear and, like, communicate with the world, 100%, your fucking internet router and backup power should, like, you should have that and you should be able to access it from inside your house. I mean, you're in the fucking woods. Assume there's, like, a giant storm and you couldn't make it out to your breaker box. Like, you should be able to have some sort of backup power for that shit. Come on. <laughs> um rando attempts to murder forest dwelling neighbors 
And then my last one, and this is a part of the movie that made me really mad. Should have packed that leg wound with gauze. Yup. You took the time to take your pants off on the bathroom floor and pour alcohol on your fucking wound, but couldn't grab the first aid kit that I know you have. 100% you have a fucking first aid kit. At the very least, a fucking washcloth. Exactly. You should have packed that shit in and then legitimately taped it up because I know you have a first aid kit. Yep. Impossible that you live out there alone and don't have a fucking first aid kit shit should have been wrapped up then she wouldn't have like blacked out at the end or whatever the fuck (laughs) and been all woozy and shit like come on oh but katie that wouldn't have made for a good plot line (laughs) (laughs) gotta be dizzy hungry (laughs) eat orange slices (laughs) i mean she was hungry bitch burnt her food but she could have fixed her fucking wound though that's Uh, micah (laughs) okay the first time that she popped her head up into her loft the first thing i was i i was aghast about okay deaf lady in a death trap there was not a single railing on that loft at all come on you were just asking to fall down those stairs or take a bad step and fall oh come on how did that pass code jesus Also, this is, I finally got one that's relevant. Yeah. The most oddly specific horror movie scenario. (laughs) It is a very, very specific set of circumstances that set up this movie. Yeah, it's a perfect storm. (laughs) It worked, though. It's a perfect storm. The the commonality is blabber. That is my favorite Simpsons moment. Anyway. Okay, I have a few. Just say no to the woods alone. Yup. <laughs> Never has silence been so effectively used. Hammer moment was a fucking power move. And then my alliterative, hushed home has home hacked. Heckin' horrifying. <laughs> Heckin'. <laughs> so this film came out April 8th, 2016 on Netflix. So usually with Netflix films, there is no budget of box office, but there's a budget for this one. So what do you guys think the budget for Hush was, Katie? $500 dinks. Emma? Oh, what did I put? $2 dues. Micah? $3 dues. Hey. Oh, Jesus. See your heads at Micah? You should have went the other way. The <laughs> budget was $1 due. Oh, shit. Hooray! Yeah, uh, pretty cheap. I mean, shit, it's it's in one area, one house in woods. They rented a cabin, (laughs) bought some ketchup. Yeah, just big litter. (laughs) You know, there was four people in this movie, so it's pretty. And one of them was the director's wife, so like, no, yep. So it was pretty bare bones, but still looked really good. Like everything about it looked legit. It just it was really cheap. Well, by today's standards, like you know. There are movies that are almost 600 million to make, you know, so a million means nothing, but still expensive in the you know, grand scheme of money. <laughs> so no box office, but the reviews and everything, a ton of people really like this movie. Uh, tons of favorable, favorable reviews. And, you know, 
the one person that says it's good, Stephen King, that that's all you need. If I made a scary movie and Stephen King was like, that was really fucking good, Otis. You know, in my head, I would just read, I'm proud of you, Otis. And then I would cry a little bit. So, you know, uh, that's all I would need if I was a horror person. And if Stephen King said it was fucking great, I, I'd be good. I could just die right then, just float off and be like, yep, oh, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so he said it was awesome. So uh, Mike Flanagan is probably like, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go make some more things that you would make. So minority kill count. Uh, that's a big old zero, Otis, because everybody in this movie, they weren't minorities. Even the cat was white. So damn. was the car white funny the car was like a that light silver color okay damn it i wish the car was white too um (laughs) but no so the number is still 307 and a tito turtle in a house in a plane full of vampires one day we'll get the 400 300 wait pretty good wait craig the boyfriend that she tried to call at the beginning (gasps) he was black but he didn't die Nope, and he yeah. didn't even show up. It what was just his little profile picture. And what the hell was the that that was one point that I forgot. Should have been my least favorite character. Fucking yes. Craig. What so, the hell was the point of Craig? That the point of Craig was for her to not have her phone on her because she was so mad at Craig for reasons that she put her phone onto the table and the killer's like, ooh, phone. And grabs yep. it. But like she called him and then she refused to answer. She was on some high school shit. Like yeah. you called him. And then, like, backed out of the phone call after two rings because you didn't want to talk to him. Then he Correct. fucking tried to call you. It had been a year. <laughs> and you didn't answer him. Bitch, come on. Yeah, that would be some shit. Like, if me and Katie were going through some stuff and Katie called, gave me two rings and hung up, I'm like, what the fuck? And I call her back and she hung up on me? Oh, I'd be, yeah, that's some high school shit. I'd be so mad. <laughs> yup. Just kicking air. I'd be so mad. Bella's like, what are you talking about you? <laughs> but also, I would have been like, dude, what's wrong? You called and now you're not answering. Holy shit, what happened? What happened? Oh my God, what is going on? Absolutely. If I called Otis twice, he'd be concerned as hell for oh, my life. Yeah. Oh, you mean, you mean there's somebody who's tr- actively trying to kill you now and they have your phone? Like, what, yeah. why is he not blowing up her phone and having the, the killer be like, yo, this guy's got issues. Why does he keep calling you? <laughs> <laughs> this guy really likes you, I guess. <laughs> good thing he'll never see you again <laughs> dun, dun, dun. so uh yeah so does anybody have anything else to say about hush no i mean it's great yeah i really liked it it was good it, it yeah i mean it it literally felt like like you said a stephen king like fucking I, I don't know. It, it's just like a book. Like it, this needs to be a book. If somebody hasn't yeah. done the novelization version of the hit Netflix movie Hush, maybe they should get on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hot tut tut. Okay, so with that, that is the end of this episode. So if you have any other cool fun facts about Hush, or which version is better, this or the Batman story, you can tweet us at. Allentown Pod. We have an email that is. Allentown Presents at gmail.com. Facebook at. Allentown Presents. Yeah, usually I have a joke about horror, but I was like, it's a Batman story. So, <laughs> it's a good Batman story. Yes, it is. It's probably one of the best ones. So, this was episode 278 in the books, in the pocket, out of sight. So, we have one more volume in our 
month of senses movies and it's one from my past y'all so hopefully they liked it i fucking love it anytime into washington in it it's a solid one so like oh shit i fucked up so <laughs> the music you're listening to right now hopefully that is flipping the combined ever flipping the seat anywhere you can find them the studio features thank you so much for the artwork uh i still don't probably so like always thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with the last volume of senses okay bye guys bye kids <laughs> It's okay. You can stop the episode now. You haven't seen my face. Don't don't worry. You don't have to tell your friends. Please, please tell your friends about our podcast.